return is very close And so you better be believing that our God is an awesome God Our God is an awesome God Welcome to a service at Holy Life Tabernacle in Brookings, South Dakota. We are proclaiming the good news of Jesus Christ. Now let's go into the sanctuary and here's today's message. Father, we just thank you for your word. We thank you that you're here. We thank you that we can serve a loving God that you want a relationship with us, Father? Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thank you that you made us kings and priests. You deserve all the glory, Lord, all the honor. We're so thankful. We're so thankful for our life. We're so thankful that we're here. We're so thankful that you've given us the power and the authority to, to lay hands on the sick that they recover. That you've given us the power and authority to speak to people about you that they can receive their salvation, Lord. We don't take it for granted. Hallelujah. Oh, we're so glad to be living in the time that we're living in. And we thank you that just tonight that you speak to us. Tonight that you minister to us and reveal things to us in your word. Hallelujah. That we can give you all the credit, we can give you all the glory, and all the praise, Lord. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. We praise your name. Amen. Amen. Uh, Tonight I want to talk about the power of the tongue. So uh, about a week ago I talked on our thoughts, and um, the Lord laid on my heart to talk about our, what we speak, what we say. And it's so important. Um, Even more what we say is even more important than what we think, amen, because we're always going to be thinking something, amen, but what comes out of our mouth is the action. It's what is uh, shown. It's what, you know, usually what comes out of our mouth is what we believe, amen, because the devil is going to give us all kinds of thoughts. He's going to try to bombard us with bad thoughts. He's going to try to bombard us with ungodly thoughts or, or negative thoughts about ourselves. It's really up to us if we choose to believe those thoughts. Amen. And we'll, we'll look at the scripture a little later, but out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. So what we're putting in and, and what we're allowing to come into our thought, thought life uh, and, you know, is what we're going to speak out. And so uh, it was, it was uh, just amazing how the human body works. And, you know, it's like you put it in, you, know, you have knowledge, you have wisdom, you know, you have these different things, and what you speak is what's important. Amen. So what comes out of our mouth is very important. Our ability to speak is one of the most important parts of human communication. Being able to talk to somebody, being able to um, orate something, you know, that's, that's clear and easy to understand. Amen. Um, we can hurt people with our tongue. We can build people up with our tongue. We really have, we really have the power. Amen. The Bible says whatever is bound on earth will be bound in heaven. Whatever is loosed on earth will be loosed in heaven. So who does the binding? Well, the power of God through us does the binding. Amen. It does the loosing. So, but it's not, it's not that we think that, you know, I, I, I think I command this thing to, 
to be loosed or be bound. You know, we can't just think it, we have to speak it, right? And so, um, communication is important. We can speak truth or lie with our tongue. We can, with a word, build and tear down relationships. There have been times where, you know, just certain people in my life that I felt like if I would have said this, the relationship, there would have, the bridges would have been burned. And I'm so thankful I didn't in those situations. I'm so thankful that I held my tongue and I didn't, I didn't say what I wanted to say, what was in my thought. I, was in one, I didn't say what was in my thought process, but I, said, I didn't say anything. I tried to speak with love. I mean, that's what Jesus wants us to do is speak with love because we don't want to be burning bridges. You never know when that relationship is going to come back and it's going to be uh, either beneficial for you or for them. Amen. Um, you know, that's another reason I don't um, post much about political things on social media because I don't want to alienate half of the United States um, being able to reach somebody, you know. And so uh, it's, it's just so important that we watch what we say, amen, that we think about the things that we say. Hallelujah. And with it, we can glorify the Lord. And that's what we did, this, that's what we did tonight, amen. We, yeah. In worship, we were glorifying the Lord. And you know, the Lord, you know, somebody that sings really bad, it could, the, the incense going up to the Lord could be more than somebody who sings really good. Amen? The way we think of worship, you know, or people think of worship in the natural is not the same that God sees worship. God sees worship from the heart, not from as far as, as, far as the singing ability or, you know, if you can sing really good a cappella or whatever it is. He sees it from the heart. So if you sing really bad and you but you're praising and you're glorifying the Lord and you just don't care. I mean, I don't know about you, maybe David was, was a terrible dancer. Who knows? But it said he still danced before the Lord, amen? And that was important to the Lord. Amen? I don't know how David danced. Maybe, maybe he danced really well. His wife obviously didn't like it. Amen? So maybe it was really bad. Maybe it was really embarrassing. But, but with our mouth, amen, and with our voice, we can glorify the Lord. We can praise the Lord, Amen? Go to Proverbs 18, verse 20, real quick. It says, A man's stomach shall be satisfied from the fruits of his mouth. From the produce of his lips he shall be filled. Death and life are in the power of the tongue, and those who love it will eat its fruit. Amen. And so either you're going to be eating fruit of death or fruit of life, right? And so I tell you what, there's a lot of people in this world that love to talk, isn't there? You know, sometimes people just like to hear themselves talk. But when we talk about somebody or to somebody and we speak life into that situation, there's power in that. The same goes for when we speak death to a situation. There's power in that. Amen? It's kind of it's one of the laws just of, of the world that when you speak, you know, Jesus or God, when he, when he made all of the heavens and all of the earth, he didn't think it into existence, did he? No, I said he spoke it. He said, let there be light. Actually, I think it then some... Um, it really, he just said, light be. So he didn't even, he just, or maybe even just said light. You know, so he, he just that one word, or two words, was powerful enough to make the whole universe, right? And so, same with us, we have the authority and the power of Jesus Christ on the inside of us. One or two words to somebody could mean life, could have a big impact, or it could mean death, could have a big impact that way. So think of the weight of this verse. Death and life are in the power of the It doesn't say good things and bad things, but death and life are in the power of the tongue. Every day we choose to speak life or death to our situation. 
when we choose to believe a report that the doctor has rather than the report God has, and we speak it out, the report that the doctor has, if it's a bad report, we're speaking death to that situation. We're not just, sometimes people think that our words don't matter. It's like, oh, so-and-so is just talking over there. But no, our words matter a lot. And we want to make sure that we're, we're using our words for the glory of God. Because even if we think it doesn't have anything to do with God, even if we, if we speak out the doctor's report, well, we're, we're calling God a liar because God's word says, you know, that we're healed. Amen. God's word says that he meets every need. Amen. So if we say a word, if we say a, a phrase that goes against what God says, we're basically saying, I don't believe that. I believe this. Right. So we always want to make sure that we're speaking the word. We're speaking life to our situation. Amen. To our family, to our kids. We have a choice what comes out of our mouth. Mouth. Pastor Dave was talking about choices this morning and being here, you know, being places on time and, um, and making effort. And all these things don't require skill, right? They, don't, requ- they don't, don't require much talent. It just requires having a good attitude, having a good work ethic, and saying, I'm going to put forth the effort. I'm going to be on time. I'm going to go to this. Amen. I'm going to prioritize Sunday night church over anything else. Amen. And so we, we have a choice to what comes out of our mouth. Hallelujah. So I want to talk a little bit first, and probably this will probably be all I, I really discuss, but um, just the power of our tongue when it comes to circumstances and when it comes to things that we face. And so Matthew 21, 18 and 19 says, Now in the morning, as he returned to the city, Jesus returned to the city, he was hungry, and seeing a fig tree by the road, he came to it and found nothing on it but leaves and said to it, Let no fruit grow on you ever again. And immediately the fig tree withered away. And so Jesus noticed that he spoke to the fig tree. He didn't speak about the fig tree. He didn't say, God, I wish this fig tree would just wither away. No, he spoke to the fig tree. Amen. He didn't think, let no fruit grow on this fig tree. He didn't, it wasn't just a passing thought. Amen. Whenever we have an issue, wishing it'll go away or just thinking of positive thoughts won't do the trick. I mean, we have to, we have to speak it. You know, the way to get rid of a negative thought or a bad thought isn't to replace it with another, with a good thought. Amen. I've tried that. I've, I've done, you know, in my own life, I've tried doing that. And I, the, the bad thought continues to pop up. But when I speak to the thought and I say, in Jesus' name, I'm not going to think that way. Thought, you get out of my mind. And something happens and I, you know, I, I don't try to think about it, but I just don't. It just doesn't come back. It's like a shield has gone up. Amen. So there's a, there's a power in the way we speak. Amen. There's a power and an authority that can only come through Jesus Christ. You know, in the way we speak to our thoughts, the way we speak to ourselves. Amen. And so, you know, when we have an issue, you know, we should speak to the problem. So there are instances, you know, where we do need to curse something. So Jesus cursed the fig tree. He said, you will not, you know, basically curse the fig tree. You will not bear any more fruit, you know. And there's instances where we bless the situation. So, you know, what we do in any situation, really that's up to the Holy Spirit to decide, right? Sometimes we curse, we can curse the situation, we can curse cancer, we can curse whatever it is. And sometimes, you know, if we're talking about somebody else, instead of cursing whatever they're going through, we can bless them. You know, but with the Holy Spirit, as we pray in the Holy Spirit, he will tell us, amen, what to use, what to do, what to deploy, amen? And so, 
Um, you know, what to deploy when something is known, unknown, we have the Holy Spirit to help us discern it. Let's go to Romans 28, or Romans 8, 26. It says, Likewise, the Spirit also helps in our weaknesses. For we do not know what we should pray for as we ought, but the Spirit himself makes intercession for who? For us. Amen. He makes intercession for us with groanings which cannot be uttered. I mean, so as we pray in the Spirit, you know, when we pray in the Spirit and we're just in our alone time with the Lord, we're edifying ourselves. That's what praying in the Spirit does. It edifies us. Amen. When we're, when we're in our, you know, praying in the Spirit, you know, by ourselves and we're praying for a situation. You know, now in, in you know, corporate setting, tongues and interpretation is different than that. It might be, there might be a prophecy or there might be a word of knowledge or something like that that goes along with it. But it says that, that when we don't know what to pray for as we ought, so when we're not sure what to do with the situation, when we're not sure what to do with a report, or we're not sure to do with a family member, amen, or we're not sure what to say to somebody that's maybe going down the wrong path, amen, when we don't know how to pray, the Spirit himself, he makes intercession for us, amen. So when we're speaking to the Father, the Holy Spirit's kind of that, he's making intercession through us, for us, amen, with groanings which cannot be uttered, hallelujah. And so we know that he makes intercession for us. If you're not sure how to pray for a situation, just pray in the Spirit. Pray in the Spirit for a little bit. Amen. You don't have to pray in the Spirit for an hour. If it, you know, if it takes that long, it might. But, yeah. Excuse me, yeah. We can pray in the Spirit, and then we can pray with the understanding as well. Amen. When we, when we kind of know what the Lord wants us to do in a situation, then it's like, okay. Now I can pray when the, in the understanding and the peace that the Holy Spirit gave me to pray for this situation, Right? And out of that will come the words to pray. Because it says the Holy Spirit will bring back to our remembrance the things with Jesus said. And we talked about uh, on Wednesday night, I believe, was that um, Jesus is the word, right? So when it says the things that Jesus said, he'll, to us, you know, we weren't physically with Jesus, but he'll bring back things to our mem- memory of what the word says and what we've read in scripture and what we've done. Now, there have been times when I was in school, and I studied for a test, and I drew a blank on a question, and I, just under my breath, just prayed in the Spirit. And immediately, that, that question, that answer came to me. I was like, oh, yeah, that's right. Wrote it down. But it does. He, he helps us. Amen. He helps bring things to our remembrance, and especially things that Jesus said to us through his word. Right? Go to Matthew 21, uh, 20 through 22. Continuing on with the fig tree, and when the disciples saw it, they marveled, saying, How did the fig tree wither away so soon? So Jesus answered and said to them, Assuredly I say to you, if you have faith and do not doubt, you will not only do what was done to this fig tree, but also if you say to this mountain, Be removed and be cast into the sea, it'll be done. Whatever things you ask in prayer, believing you will receive. Amen. So again, there has to be an action with the belief. And the action in this case, you know, he's doing another, an example, is speaking to the mountain. So he spoke to the fig tree and he said, and he said, I say to you, if you have faith and you do not doubt, you will not only do what was under the fig tree, but also if you say to this mountain, be removed and be cast into the sea. Amen. We don't talk about the mountain. You know, sometimes it's easy to talk about the mountain to our friends or to somebody. No, it says when we speak to the mountain. Amen. We don't want to give the mountain any credentials. <laughs> Amen. We don't, get our, we don't want to give our problem any credentials. 
yes, it's good to ask for people for prayer for it. But we should always follow it up with, but I know what the word says, amen. And I know I'm healed, amen. Because we want people, sometimes, you know, there's prayer chains and different things. And if, it, if people don't know how to pray for it, it can almost do more harm than good because they're praying, you know, there's a wide variety of things to pray. But if we say specifically, I need prayer for this, be standing with me for this, amen, and people know how to pray for that situation, amen, it can make a world of difference, amen? Because again, the power of the tongue is, is you know, the tongue is powerful. What we, what we say is powerful. How we pray is powerful, amen? Just like, you know, for healing or for, you know, our needs being met. If we pray, in, you know, Lord, if it's your will that my needs are met, or if we pray, if it's your will that I'm healed, that's different than saying, Lord, I know that you want me healed. And I speak to this tumor. I speak to this cancer. I speak to this cold. I speak to these finances. I speak to whatever it is. Amen. There's, there's a different tone, isn't there? There's a different tone. It's like, well, Lord, if you will, as, as, as opposed to, in Jesus' name, cancer, leave my body. In Jesus' name, cold, leave my body. In Jesus' name, flu, leave my body. Amen. There's a power and authority that's not of us, that's not ours, amen, but it comes from us, from the Holy Spirit, from the Lord, through us. Amen? So notice again, there has to be action. The action is speaking to the mountain. And we speak because there's authority in speech. There's, you know, we, we can think good thoughts, but when, you, when, I, when I look at thinking about something, there, I just don't feel any authority or power coming from a thought. Amen. We speak boldly. Amen. When we witness to somebody, we speak boldly. Amen. We pray boldly. We loose things boldly. We bind things boldly. Amen. And we do that through speech. If you want the devil to know you are serious about a situation, speak to the situation. Amen. I always say you can't replace a bad thought with a good thought. You have to speak to the thought for it to go. I said that a little bit earlier. So we should never let the devil have the last word. Amen. The devil, the devil likes to talk. He wants to talk to you. He wants to continue to fill our head with junk. Don't let the devil have the last word in your situation. Don't let that devil have the last word in your life. Because he will. You know, he's, you know, have, you ever tried, have you ever talked to somebody who you feel like they always try to one-up you? Like you say something and they have something bigger or something better. The devil's going to try to one-up you. He's going to test your knowledge of the word. He's going to test your, what you have in here. Amen. Amen. We're going to look at two different temptations and the differences in how they were handled. The first temptation was Satan tempting Eve. So if we can go to Genesis 3, verse 1, it says, Now the serpent was more cunning than any beast of the field which the Lord God had made. And he said to the woman, has God indeed said, you shall not eat of every tree of the, of the garden? And then the woman said to the serpent, we may eat of the fruit of the garden, of the trees of the garden, but the fruit of the tree which is in the midst of the garden, God has said, you shall not eat it, nor shall you touch it, lest you die. And so we see right away that Eve got it wrong. <laughs> she didn't know the word. She didn't know what the Lord had actually said. Then the serpent said to the woman, you will not surely die, for God knows that in the day you eat of it, your eyes will be opened and you will be like God, knowing good and evil. So when the woman saw that the tree was good for food, that it was pleasant to the eyes, and a tree desirable to make one wise, she took of his fruit and ate. And she also gave to her husband with her, and he ate. So who got the last word? 
Who was the last person to speak? Satan. He got the last word in this little debate, this little back and forth. Then the eyes of both of them were opened, and they knew that they were naked, and they sewed fig leaves together and made themselves coverings. And so we see that Satan had the last word. Eve didn't push again. She just took exactly what the devil told her and wanted her to, wanted her to believe, and she took it and she ran with it. And what did she do? It doesn't, it doesn't say it, but what she really did is, is Satan said that your eyes will be open, you'll be like God, knowing good and evil. And what did she do? She thought about it. You know, she thought about it. She said, it says, when the woman saw the tree was good, she thought, she thought oh, this, this tree is, looks really good. The food looks good. It was pleasant to the eyes. It was desirable to make one wise. You know, she thought about it. She thought about all the power she could gain. She thought about, you know, the devil will say to you, ah, it won't be, it's not that bad. You know, if you do this, you're not really going down the wrong path. You're just kind of going down the wrong path. But, you know, you try to justify it. That's what she did. She had to justify it. Amen. And because Eve didn't speak to the lie from Satan and just pondered about it and thought about it, it was more and more appealing to her. The more we let a thought be in our mind, the more appealing it's going to be. Amen. The more we let a thought enter our mind and stay there without speaking to the thought or speaking to the lie, amen, the easier it is to fall into a temptation, the easier it is to fall into a trap. If she would have rebuked the serpent after the lie, after he told her, or even after he questioned God, the serpent would have had to flee. Amen? Why? Because she was a child of the Most High God. She had authority to say to the serpent, I don't believe you, leave me right now. Right? We have the same authority. We have the same power through Jesus Christ to say to the serpent, to say to Satan, I don't believe that lie. I'm going to believe what the Word of God says, and you're not going to tell me any differently. And you have to flee from me. Amen? The Bible says, humble yourself before the Lord, resist the devil, and he must flee. He is going to flee. He will flee. Amen? We resist the devil, not with our thoughts, not in the physical, but with our, with our speech. Amen? And one thing about speech that, that doesn't, you know, there's not a, lot, a ton of things that, that correspond to both, but speech has an impact in the physical and it has an impact in the spiritual. Amen? Or else we couldn't just speak to the devil and resist him needfully. Right? So it has an impact in both. The only power he has over us is the power that we let him have over us. Because he doesn't, it's, I've said it before, it's like a, in the NCAA tournament, when you know, you're, they're seeding and a 16 seed and a 1 seed are playing together, the 16 seed virtually has no chance of winning. Up until recently, um, the 16 seed had, had never won against the 1 seed in the NCAA basketball tournament. But what does the 16 seed do? Satan knows he doesn't have a shot. Satan knows that he's not going to win the battle. But what does he do? Like a 16 seed has a belief they're going to beat the 1 seed. They're going to make it as tough on them as they can. They're not just going to roll over, right? Satan's not just going to roll over in our life. I mean, he wants to defeat us. Even if there's no shot, he's going he's to try to come as close as he can to defeat us. Amen. Now let's look at Jesus and how he handled it when Satan tried to tempt him. Matthew 4.1 says, Then Jesus was led up by the Spirit into the wilderness to be tempted by the devil. And when he had fasted 40 days and 40 nights, afterward he was hungry. 
Now when the tempter came, he said to, uh, came to him, he said, so notice, this is after 40, this isn't Satan tempting Jesus through the 40 days. No, he waited until he was at his weakest point. After the 40 days and 40 nights. Now when the tempter came to him, he said, if you are the Son of God, command that these stones become bread. But he answered him. Amen. Jesus answered Satan and said, It is written, Man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God. Then the devil took him upon the holy city, set him on a pinnacle of the temple, and said to him, If you are the Son of God, throw yourself down, for it is written, He shall give his angels charge over you, and in their hands they shall bear you up, lest you dash your foot against the stone. And Jesus said to him, It is written again, You shall not tempt the Lord your God. And again the devil took him upon an exceedingly high mountain and showed him all the kingdoms of the world and their glory. And he said to him, All these things I will give you if you will fall down and worship me. Then Jesus said to him, Away with you, Satan, for it is written, You shall not worship the Lord your God, and him only, or you shall worship the Lord your God, and him only shall you, ser- you shall serve. Then the devil left him, and behold, angels came and ministered to him. So there are a couple of things I want to, want to point out. First thing is, he answered Satan. Amen? He, he face-to-face said, I'm going to talk to you because I'm not scared of you. In any circumstance that we have, we can't be scared of the situation. We, can't, we shouldn't be scared of the circumstance. That's what Satan wants. He wants fear to creep in. But what does the Bible say? God has not given us a spirit of fear. I mean, he's given us a spirit of power. Power to speak to our circumstance. Power to speak to whatever is ailing us. I mean, he's given us love. And he's given us a sound mind. Amen? So he spoke. He answered directly. He rebutted him to his face. And he said, no, it is written. It is written. It is written. Amen? He wasn't indirectly talking to Satan like, well, you know, thinking to himself, well, I know the Bible says that, you know, um, I, you know, the Bible says that man should not live by bread alone, but every word, you know, that proceeds out of the mouth of the Lord, you know, so devil, please, you know, get away from me or anything like that, right? I'm just gonna leave. I'm just gonna believe that Jesus, you know, that God, you know, gave me everything that I need. No, he didn't say it like that. He wasn't thinking to himself or talking around Satan. He was speaking directly to the problem. Amen. When temptation comes up in our life, instead of praying to God to take this thought away or take the temptation away, remember who the temptation's from. Amen. Speak to Satan. Tell him face to face what the Word says about the temptation. I mean, tell him face to face. I love the, the story of Smith Wigglesworth when he was laying in bed and he woke up and he saw Satan in the spirit rocking back and forth on his, in his uh, rocker in his room and he said, oh, it's just you. No fear. Amen. No reason to fear. Amen. I thought about that before and I thought, I thought to myself, oh, I hope Satan doesn't end up in my rocking chair. But why? Why not? That'd be a fun story to tell. Yeah, I saw Satan in the rocking chair. I just told him to get out of here. I just rebuked him. Ah, uh, just you. Amen. Remember in 2 Corinthians when Paul was trying to get rid of the messenger from Satan who was buffeting him. 2 Corinthians 12.8 says, uh, Concerning these things, I pleaded with the Lord that uh, three times that it might depart from me. And he said to me, My grace is sufficient for you. My strength is made perfect in weakness. Therefore, most gladly, I will rather boast in my infirmities that the power of of Christ may rest upon me. So Paul was a great man of faith. I mean, you know, he, he went from 
persecuting Christians, standing by while Christians were killed, to being one of the top apostles at that time. Amen. But he got it wrong at the beginning, right here. He got it a little bit wrong right away. He corrected it, but he got it wrong. He wanted to take he wanted God to take away the messenger of Satan from him. He pleaded with the Lord, it says. Amen. I pleaded with the Lord three times that he might depart from me. God, take this away from me. Take this temptation away from me. Take this messenger away from me, right? And God said, my grace is sufficient for you. What grace for what? Amen. Grace to speak to the problem. God's grace, because we have the grace of God, because we've been saved by grace through faith. Amen. Because of that, we have the grace to speak to the problem. We have a grace to speak to Satan and to tell him to leave, to rebuke Satan. Amen? Was God saying that he won't help him? I don't think so. But he's already given the tools to do it. God's saying, why are you asking me again? I've given you the grace. My grace is sufficient for you. Why are you asking me again? You already have the power. You already have the power to do this. So when Paul says he's going to boast in his infirmities that the power of Christ may rest upon him, he's saying... I'm going to let the power that Christ gave me through the death and resurrection run through me as I take care of this messenger. He's saying, Satan, try to attack me with any infirmity that you want to attack me with. I'm going to boast in it because I know that the power of Christ rests on me to defeat you. Amen? Some people, you know, the the old saying, um, you may have won the battle, but we're going to win this war. Well, we can win the battles too. (laughs) Amen? We know we're going to win the war, but we can win the battles. Amen? We just need to know who's on the inside of us. We need to know where that power comes from. Because we don't wrestle against flesh and blood. No, we wrestle against the principalities and the powers. Amen? The little P powers. We have, a, we have the power, the big P power inside of us. Jesus is power. Amen? Jesus is our authority. He is our might. Amen? So we can speak to the problem, not about the problem. The second key, going back to Matthew, I want to talk about, is that Jesus got aggressive with Satan. So not only did he speak to him, and he, and, he, and he talked to the problem, it says that he got aggressive. In verse 10, if you notice, it has an exclamation point. So if we can maybe go back to uh, Matthew um, and, uh, and get to verse 10 there. Matthew 4.10, yeah. Um, then Jesus said to him, away with you, Satan, exclamation point. I mean, it wasn't like, Satan, please go away. I'm getting annoyed. No, exclamation point. Away with you, Satan! Amen. He probably yelled it. An exclamation point, you're either excited or you're mad. Jesus got a little angry with Satan. Away with you, Satan! For it is written... It is written that you shall worship the Lord your God, and only him shall you serve. And what does it say? Satan had to leave. He couldn't, he couldn't stay. Amen. When we get aggressive, when we get bold with Satan, he has to leave. Amen. And don't be afraid to say the name Satan. Don't be afraid to say the name the devil, or Lucifer, or whatever. Amen. He doesn't have any authority. He doesn't have any power. In fact, he knows we're talking about him right now. I mean, he knows that he doesn't have any authority in this place. Amen? <laughs> Hallelujah. He's saying, enough! And you know, this isn't the only time Jesus did this. 
If we go to Matthew 16, when he said, get behind me, Satan, uh, 16, 21 through 23. From that, from that time, Jesus began to show to his disciples that he must go to Jerusalem and suffer many things from the elders and the chief priests and scribes and be killed and be raised on the third day. And Peter took him aside and began to rebuke him, saying, far be it from you, Lord, this shall not happen to you. So Satan, or so, sorry, Peter is getting indignant with Jesus. You see the exclamation point. He's yelling at Jesus. No, it's not going to happen. But he turned to Satan, or <laughs> he turned and said to Peter, "Get behind me, Satan." Now he was talking to Peter, but he was really talking to Satan. You know, he wasn't calling Peter Satan. He was saying, "Get behind me, Satan," and he was again shouting, probably, "Amen." You are an offense to me, for you are not mindful of the things of God, but the things of men. Amen. Again, he rebuked that spirit. Again, he rebuked that temptation. Right? And he rebuked it with a fervent fervency. He rebuked it with authority. He rebuked it with an exclamation point. Amen. When sometimes, you know, when, when circumstances come our way and different things come our way, you know, it's not enough. And, and maybe sometimes we, we do kind of start act, we act nicely towards it. Or we say, well, in Jesus' name, I, you know, I command this to, you know, but it's a little soft and everything. There comes a point where it's so frustrating. You know, you think of, uh, of, of Paul when the, the, um, the girl was saying, these are the men of the Most High God. And just day after day, she was annoying them and bugging him. And it said, Paul, after he was annoyed, <laughs> amen, he cast out that spirit. I believe there's an exclamation point in there too. Amen. He was, he was mad. We can get mad at Satan. Amen. The Bible says be slow to anger, but not when it comes to facing things that devil tries to put on us. I mean, we can get mad right away. We can get mad at what the devil tries to put into our mind as a thought, right? So Jesus got right to the root of the problem, and he stopped the temptation even before it started. Even before the devil, even before Satan came to him in you know, human form or whatever, even before he came to him and, and, and it, sh- it said that Satan spoke, God said, no, or Jesus said, no, get behind me, Satan. I'm not going to take this. I'm not going to do this again. I'm not going to answer you three times this time. I'm going to take care of it right away. Amen? So when we're tempted or have a problem, speak to the problem. Amen? Don't let it push you around. The ultimate authority lives on the inside of you. And I see that so many times that, you know, it's, it's, it's easy just to not be aware of it. We're not trying to do it, but Satan tries to push us around. He tries to tell us things that aren't true, and then we, and then, you know, we kind of take a step back. We think, well, is it really true? You know, we get a doctor's report, or we get a financial report, and we take a step back. Well, this doesn't look good. You know, whose report are we going to believe? Amen. What authority are we going to call on to rebuke that report? Amen. When we talk, you know, we talk a lot about continuing in the Word, meditating on the word, because that's where we get the faith to handle these things. Amen? Romans 10, 17 says, faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. Amen? So we have the faith, we get the faith by hearing, and we get the hearing by the word of God. Whatever we put in is what's going to come out. Amen? Whatever we put in is what's going to come out. So if we put word in, that's what's going to come out of our mouth. You know, that's what Jesus, Jesus was full of word. He was full of 
the scriptures. Amen. And so when he was tempted by Satan, he said, no, it's written. He knew the word. He knew exactly who he was in Christ. You know, notice that how the temptation started. If you are the son of God. You know, I think a lot of Christians struggle with, am I really a Christian? Am I really, am I really beloved by God? I've done so many bad things. There's been so many things that, you know, I've, I've felt unclean about or I've felt unrighteous. You know, and Satan will try to attack that. He'll try to exploit that. I mean, to say, well, you're not really a, a son or daughter of God, so you might as well just go out and do what you want. You might as well do this. You know? Or just listen to this report, because God's not going to help you. And he's the father of lies. You know, he's, there's no sugarcoating that. Amen? He is the father of lies. Amen? And so that's what we're going to think about, and that's what's going to be in our heart. I'll start a little bit from what I'll talk about next time, too. Luke 6.45 says, A good man out of the good treasures of his heart brings forth good, and an evil man out of the evil treasures of his heart brings forth evil. For out of the abundance of the heart his mouth speaks. So the things that are really important to us, I mean, the things that we treasure will end up coming up on the surface. Now, those are the things that um, we're going to be speaking about. You can't listen to something over and over and over again and not start to believe it and speak it. If you continue to put it in, that's what's going to come out. You know, if you listen to a certain type of music, you know, over and over and over again, those that that's what's going to start to come out in speech. You know, in, in speaking and everything. Not that you can't listen to different kinds of music, but what are you going to believe? Amen. What are you going to put? Where are you going to spend most of your time? Is what I'm saying. Amen. The things that are really important to us, these are the things that we treasure. If someone hears over and over again that they're worthless, they're going to start to believe it. You know, you see it, and you know, it's, it's sad. But parents sometimes with with kids, they'll they'll tell them, "You're not going to make it. You're worthless. You're, you you know, you never do anything right." You know, you, you always do this, you never do this. And eventually, you know, that that kid is going to start to say, yeah, you know, I can't do this right. You know, I'm never going to be able to do what I want to do. You know, I have this dream up here, but, you know, I can't do it. I, you know, and it's just gonna, it just kind of gets into the mind, right? And that's what starts coming out. Amen. And it doesn't matter as much about what other, what somebody says to you but what are you going to believe? Amen. Do you believe? There are, there are great success stories of, of people that were told over and over and over again saying, you're worthless. You're not going to make it. You're, gonna, you're not going to amount to anything. Excuse me. You're not going to amount to anything. And there's stories out there of, of people doing great exploits. Amen. Great, great exploits just in life, but it also for the Lord. Amen. Or, or babies that, were, that people tried to abort. That ended up living through the abortion and surviving the abortion, and now they they've made a life for themselves. You know, ah, so amazing. Hallelujah. <laughs> if someone hears over and over over again that they're beautiful, if they hear over and over again that they're going to succeed, that's what's going to come to mind every time they think of a challenge. I can overcome this, right? If we say to ourselves, we can talk to ourselves and say, no, you are going to overcome this. I remember uh, when I was working at Dactronics, and um, I just started a new position. I think I was a week or two into it, and I was so overwhelmed by this position. And I thought to myself, I can't do this. This is too hard. I started looking for other jobs. I was like, hey, 
I can't do this. It was like a, it wasn't even like a, it was kind of a lower level position too. And and uh, I remember one time after, like it was a lunch break, and I was just like, I was so confused about <laughs> what I was supposed to do. I was like, I can't do this. I don't want to go back down a level because that'll look really bad. I'm going to have to leave Dactronics. And this was like, you know, I think I stayed there for another five years after this incident. But I just thought, I can't, I can't do this. And a song came on. It was like the Lord heard my prayer. It wasn't even a prayer. It was a complaint. And uh, heard my prayer. And, and the song Overcomer came on the radio over lunch. And um, the Lord spoke to me and just said, you can. You can do this. You know, and completely changed my whole outlook on that job. I was going to try harder. I was going to work harder. I was going to try to understand things that I didn't understand. And I ended up loving the job, you know. So we can speak to ourselves. We can, you know, what we, what we put in and what we speak and what we think is important. Amen. Because it, it, it really guides our life. Our tongue can guide our lives. Amen. With a tongue, we can make a good, you know, we can make a good decision. We can make a bad decision. Amen. Hallelujah. Well, I'm going to stop here. I got uh, some more here that I'm going to save for uh, next sun- another Sunday night or a Wednesday night or something. But let's just pray. Can you stand up with me tonight? Hallelujah. If anybody is dealing with anything tonight, uh, a situation, a circumstance, a bad report, um, family issues, anything, I just want you to you know, go away knowing that you can speak to that problem. I mean, you can speak to it, and you can um, you can change the whole atmosphere of what's going on. Amen. With our words, we can change the atmosphere of our situation. <laughs> Amen. We can change our perspective on life. We can change our perspective on our circumstances. Amen. So I'm going to pray tonight, and just if if you if you're not a praying spirit, pray in the spirit. Um, but be be thinking about that thing, that thing that you're going through. And you can say it quietly, you can say it loudly, but I want you to either bless the situation or curse the situation, whatever the Lord is telling you to do. Amen? So let's just pray. Satan, we know you can hear us, and we rebuke you in Jesus' name. We rebuke you out of every facet of our life in Jesus' name. You have no place in our life. You have no authority to do what you want to do anymore. So right now, tonight, we take hold of the promise of the Lord. We take hold of the blessings that we are entitled to as Christians, as we are entitled to as as being adopted in the family of God. And Satan, we say you have to flee right now. You have to flee from every situation. No matter how big or how small, we say that you have to flee in every situation. Hallelujah. And Lord, we just thank you for the authority. We thank you for all that you've given us. We thank you for the authority to trample over serpents, to trample over the enemy. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. We thank you for your power. The same power that worked in Jesus Christ is working through us right now. Right now to get rid of any temptation to get rid of any bad circumstance, Lord, any bad doctor's report, we rebuke those in Jesus' name. We, re- we believe the report of the Lord. And we say we cannot be silenced. Satan, you can no longer silence us. Hallelujah. And so, Lord, we just thank you. We just thank you that tonight, from this night forward, we will speak life to our situation. 
Hallelujah. Help us to speak life to our kids. Help us to speak life to our family members. Help us to speak life to our finances. Help us to speak life to our bones, to our ligaments, to our tendons. Help us to speak life to our brains, to our mental capacity, Lord. Help us to speak life to ourselves, Father. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. We thank you that you are the God who gave us the authority to do these things. And we praise you. We thank you so much. We, we enter your gates with thanksgiving, enter your courts with praise. We thank you so much for the answer. That you have the answer for us even before we have the question. Hallelujah. And just help us recognize the power that is running through us. It's not our power. We don't take credit for the power. We don't take credit for the authority. Hallelujah. But you get all the praise and you get all the glory for that power running through us to rebuke, to curse things that we need to curse, and to bless things that we need to bless in our life. In Jesus' name, amen. Hallelujah. Well, you guys have a great week. Amen. Thank you so much for coming out tonight. And God is for you. Amen. He's the one who gave us the power, and he wants us to use it. Amen. Hallelujah. You are dismissed. Thank you for listening to this inspirational message. We trust that you were encouraged in your faith. For additional information or resources, please contact the church at 605-692-4616. You can email us at holylifeatbrookings.net or visit our website at holylifetabernacle.com. If you're in the Brookings area, please stop by to visit a service. We are located at 241 Mustang Pass, just off Main Avenue South. Our service times are Sundays at 10 a.m. and 6.30 p.m., also Wednesday nights at 7. God bless you.